Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about Rosh Hashanah tonight, and then um, next week we'll continue on the Rosh Hashanah topic, and then hopefully we'll try to do as much as we can some ideas about the Yom Tovim. So of course, Rosh Hashanah was upon us in about a week and a half. Um, an idea we've mentioned in the past is called Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of the year, versus the way in English people typically call it the New Year. I will say the New Year, Happy New Year. But um, in Hebrew, if it would be the New Year, it would be Tchilas Hashanah. Tchilas Hashanah would be the New Year. And we don't call it that way. It's called Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, which is, of course, important to understand that just like a head and a body, that the head controls the rest of the body and the head is the, um, is the place where all of the um, e- uh, energies and powers of the body are all contained within the head. And the head leads all the body, the same as with Rosh Hashanah, the rest of the days of the year. And that's why there's such significant days and uh, very, very special dates. It's uh, every moment of Rosh Hashanah is supremely holy. It's like uh, if you use the metaphor of head and body, so every detail in the mind and the head is so significant. Chas Hashanah, one tiny thing in the mind that's no good is a terrible thing because the mind is the, is the center of everything. Um, so Rosh Hashanah is that way as well. And that's why, according to Minag, the, the moments of Rosh Hashanah are very precious and we try not to uh, spend, you know, waste any time in Rosh Hashanah or sleep extra. It's a time of saying Tilim, of, being, of, uh, of recognizing that it's a very powerful time in directing the entire coming year. Okay. Um, there is a Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, and we're going through the paper here step by step on the second line. Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, which is, of course, a song that expresses the love of Hashem and the Jewish people. There is between Hashem and the Jewish people, of course. Shir Hashim is written by Shleim HaMalach and it's written in the form of a love poem, a love song. And it's all a metaphor for the love between Hashem and Kal Yisrael. It's so powerful, Shir Hashim, the Rabbi Akiva says in the Gemara, that if all the books of Torah are Kodesh, Shir Hashim is Kodesh HaKadoshim. He says it's the holiest of the Svarim of the Torah, expressing that relationship. So here we have a Pasuk in Perig Beis, um, Pasuk Vav. Literally means his left arm is supporting my head and his right arm is hugging me. And that's that, again, that uh, cryptic poetry. Um, and it's obviously of endearment. But it says the left hand, here's, it's the Chasen Kala, which is Hashem and Klal Yisrael. So his left hand is supporting our head, his right hand is hugging us. That's what it means to share Hashirim. But what does that mean? So, throughout, we find throughout, especially in Kabbalistic writings, yamin and small. The right and left is almost always chesed and givura. Right? The right is going to be kindness and love and mercy and the, um, and the left is representative of givura, of severity, of judgment. Um, the Gemara says, yamin mikareves with small docha. Right, the Gemara says the right should bring close and the left should push away. So left is always connected with something more severe and the right is something more kind. So it talks about our relationship to Hashem, that Hashem connects to us both with the small and then Yamin. And it says the, the left supports our head and the right hugs us. And the Svarim explained that this is an allusion to the month of Tishrei. And the month of Tishrei has, is really two parts. There's two parts of the holiday season of Tishrei. You have the Rosh Hashanah, 10 days of Tshuva and Yom Kippur, which is all part one. And then you have Shukas, Shemini Yatser, Simchastar, which is part two. Now those two parts are very drastically different. Right? The first 10 days is very intense and serious and somber and shul. And, and then comes Sukkot and, and Simchas Pesachev and Shemini Yatser, Simchastar, and it's dancing and it's happy and so on and so forth. Which, which really 
refers to two ways in our relationship with Hashem, and they're both dear. We have, when it comes to our relationship with Hashem, we have Yiras Hashem, which is fear, which is awe, which is, I don't know what's another good word there, uh, contrition. Does that mean something? I think so, right? So all of that is one side of the story. And then there is love and mercy and simcha. And they're both true. They're both there in our relationship with Hashem. Even when we say the words avinu malkeinu, that says both. He's our father and he's our king. A king is a king. It's a master. It's it's no monkey business. A father is is his best friend, or should be. Right, so in our in, with our relationship, the right? There the orders reverse. Excellent. Mm-hmm. But in this pasuk and in the and in the order of the month, there's first the yira and then the av. There's first we have ten days of tshuva and rosh hashanah and yom kippur, which are much more the serious relationship with Hashem, and then we have the excitement and happiness of that relationship. So the svarim said, smalo tachas leroshi. Note the word rosh that refers to rosh hashanah. So you have the, the left arm of Hashem, the severity, which is more revealed on Rosh Hashanah. And then that's followed by part two of the month, which is Yemino, the right hand, the chesed, the revealed kindness. What's that about? Well, right to the head. Okay, so we'll talk about it. We'll get to that shortly, Mr. Hashem. Um, the the right hand hugs us. And that's what we have over here. I, I put it on the next line. Yamim Noraim, the awesome days, Bibchina Smol, Gvura. That's the left side, that's the more severe. Then we have the time of rejoicing. That's the revelation of Hashem's love to us. And therefore, we have that reciprocal feeling of love and happiness as well. Interesting. It talks here about the hug. When it talks about the kindness and the ahava, it talks about a hug. The Rizal says that sukkahs were in one big hug from Hashem. And interestingly, he says that the sukkah is actually the divine embrace. Where do we see in the sukkah that it's the divine embrace? So the Rizal says... How big does it, how many walls does the sukkah need to have? It needs to have one, two full ones and a little, a tefach. According to Allah, says that reason, where does that come from? That's the two parts of the arm and the hand. And that's the hug. You hug someone with one, two, three. So he says the sukkah is that, as the Pasuk says, that's that divine hug where Hashem reveals the love that he has for us, and that's why we have that simcha on sukkah. So this Pasuk is alluding to. Now, the question is, why the order? And that's what I want to talk about. Um, one would think our relationship to Hashem is first and foremost, right? As we say, Avinu Malkenu, he's our father, he loves us, and he's a king. But why is it that the most significant month of the year, which is the Yom Tovim, Rosh Hashanah, and Kippur Sukkot, why is it set up? We spend 10 days of this seriousness, and then we break out into the Simcha of Sukkot and Simcha Sarah. Why the order? Which connects with what Avram asked. Why is it that the small starts with the rosh? The rosh, which is the head, the beginning, seems to begin with the small, which is the left side, which is the severe side. Why this order of first severity and then kindness? Especially in light of the fact that I think today's generation, we're looking for chesed, not looking for the world. Right, right. It's much more, um, it's much more, um, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, you know, people like chesed more. People like, uh, people like for bringing in a sukkah better than, you know, dialing your shoulder real hard. And understandably so. So, but, but yet the system, even with this generation, we still didn't manage to change around the calendar of the Yom Tovim. So, why? What's going on? So it's interesting, and let's go to the next paragraph, that we find a very interesting, um, similar concept at the very beginning of the Torah. One of the first Rashi's in the Torah, very fascinating and famous Rashi, comments about the names of Hashem that are used in creation. Right? Bereshis um, bara Elohim. Now, basic, basic Kabbalah. 
is that we talk about the name of Elok, you know, basic, Kabbalah for dummies. <laughs> nothing personal here, nothing. But is, personal. that shame Elokim is always din. din, is Gvura. And that's, you know, it's Rashi and Chumash. Elokim, even in, in simple Chumash language, Elokim is, a, is judgment, is a, is a Bezdin. Elokim la sukalal, you cannot curse the judge. So Elokim is always Hashem being Gvuradik. He's being a judge. He's being severe. The name Yudke Vavke, or what we may call Shem Hashem or, or Havaya, that is always the name of kindness um, and mercy. You look into the Chumash, what's the first name of Hashem that we find throughout creation? There's always Shem Elokim. Bereshus bara Elokim es Hashemayim Mesaris. Vayomer Elokim Yehi or Vayomer Elokim Tatshe Haaretz. In fact, how many times does it say Shem Elokim in the six days of creation? Well, a lot. Correct. 32. 32 times in the Chumash, in the six days of creation, is the name of Elohim mentioned. The greater name of Hashem, the Yud Kevavke, is not mentioned until after Shabbos, after the seventh day, and then it says, Ela told us to Shemayim Varetz, Beyom Bro Hashem Elohim Shemayim Varetz. Suddenly, after I don't know how many Psukim, the Torah remembers, so to speak, to put in the name, the main name of Hashem, the Yud Kevavke. So even if one doesn't understand anything about Kabbalah, there's something off here in the beginning of the Chumash. All the way Elohim, until the name Yudke Vavke, what happened? So Rashi comments on that in the beginning of the Chumash, and he brings a beautiful and famous Medrash. Medrash says that initially Hashem's game plan was to create this world with just din, just severity. Hashem said, I'm going to create a world with judgment, with severity, that's how we're going to do this. But then Hashem said, took, a, took a good look and said, it's not going to work. Rashi says, from the Medrash, he saw it wouldn't work. So he partnered Rachamim together with Din in creation, and that's why so a, a little later down the road we have Hashem Elohim That's what Rashi says. So which tells us, that this issue of din versus chesed, severity, kindness, severity versus mercy, didn't just start in the month of Tishrei. It goes back to the very beginning of creation. And there too, what did we start with? Din. Right? Interesting. Just like Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot. We start with din, we start with the more severe part, and then we get to the simcha and the happiness and the love and the beauty. But we start with judgment and the king. Um, that really played itself out when Hashem created the world. That Hashem came to the world, so to speak, with an agenda of doing din. And then he recognized that he needs to have rachamim also and partnered that in. Which begs the same question. Why? Why does it start with din? Why does it start with severity? Why was the initial thought process to create a world of severity and judgment and so on, instead of rachamim, chesed, Especially in the light of the fact that when we think of Hashem, Hashem is known as the source of all good. Atzim Hatov, His goodness. And there's a, there's a, a, a basic concept, a good one wants to share, wants to create, wants to give. In fact, Hashem created the world out of kindness. He chafetz chesed, who he wanted to do kindness, so he created a world, he created people, he created a universe, he created animals, he created everything out of kindness, out of goodness. Why then this emphasis on din? So basically, what, I, what we just did is we came to the same question from two directions. Am, am I being clear? Right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just bothered by the fact that you say that Hashem like, changes my... 
are you talking about? You didn't know how old it was going to be? Okay, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great shot question on Rashi. Like, Hashem, it sounds like Hashem tried something out, didn't work out. Okay, second best. I mean, Hashem has it all figured out. He knows these things. You know, that's why he gets the big bucks. You know? <laughs> he, he, he knows what's going on. So that's a shot, which, which really means, whenever you read such a Rashi or such an idea, that Hashem wanted there to be two steps. He wanted there to be the initial and the addition. He's, he's trying to give us a message. Of course, it was all played out before, it was all planned out before, but in the plan there was that we'll start with this and then we'll partner that. That's all part of the plan itself, which again, just all brings together the question of what's going on and why this emphasis and, I'm sorry? Why the Din? Why is Din always first? Rosh Hashanah is first and Kippur is first and, and here, and, and especially because essentially Hashem is good and kind, Ki Chesed. Why go through the Din? And that's the Shiloh, that's the question. So, I, I want to discuss this from a couple of angles, a few ideas here in the time. Yeah, I think with Bruce Miller, kind of. First mitzvah is a tough one. Okay, okay. So, there's an interesting, just to mention, an interesting mushal. I'm by the, the paragraph that starts with the word mushal. So, there's a medrash at the beginning in, in Chumash Barashas that gives a fascinating uh, metaphor. Uh, for this story about shit that Hashem wanted, Elohim and, and Yudke Vavke, kindness, severity, and he had to mix them together. The Medrash says, Mashal of Melech was the Mashal of a king that had very delicate glasses, kosos, uh, cups. Very delicate. And the Medrash, I didn't quote the whole Medrash here, but it says, he didn't know what type of beverage to put into the glasses because the glasses were so delicate. So if you put a very hot beverage, they would crack. If you put cold, only cold beverages, they would get dirty and congealed. Some of the, the heat washes it off. When you wash dishes, I guess you use hot water, right? So the matter says that the king had this question, hot water will crack it, cold water will get dirty, what do you do? So he mixed the hot and the cold and put them in the glasses and the glasses existed. That's what Medrash says. The Medrash says that is a mushal, it's a metaphor, an analogy, and the analog is Hashem and creation. He says, we're Hashem's cups. We, the created being, we're Hashem's cup. And cold and hot is also um, alluding to chesed and gvura. Which would be which? Hot is heat. Heat, no. Hot, heat is fire, is gvura. Passion, that's more gvura, which is more severity. Coldness is chesed, is kindness, is softer. So Hashem said, too much gvura in the world will crack. What does it mean we'll crack? We won't be able to handle it. If Hashem is just a strict judge, nobody is perfect. In fact, even Malachim aren't perfect. If you look in the Midrashim, nothing is perfect. If it's a creation, it's imperfect. Only the Creator is perfect. So Hashem said, just din, we'll crack. Just chesed, they'll get dirty. They won't be refined. They'll be dirty. And therefore, there has to be a partnership of chesed and din. That's what the Medrash says. As the way of Medrashim, it gives you this idea. Like, go figure this out. But that's the story of the Medrash, the king with the glasses, with the hot water, the cold water, chesed, din. We need it together, otherwise it doesn't work. So, at the end, so why taka? What is it about din? What is it about severity? Why do we have to go through that, the year, the year as Hashem and the awe? Why is that so important to do that first in order to get to the Simcha of Sukkot? So, Quickly, I want to go through three points about this, three ideas about the importance of din, the importance of severity. Okay, point number one is the simplest one. And that's something that, that is um, it's the most common answer, which is why do we have to have din, severity, punishment? 
to keep us straight, to, to keep us doing what we gotta do. There's something called yurasa onish, right? If we know that there is consequences, yeah, you know, if we only have this love relationship with Hashem, I love him, he loves me, we're best friends, then, you know, if I'm not in the mood, I don't come to Davin because, you know, we we're, we're best friends, but, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do. But, and that's why there has to be the concept of Hashem as a melech, and he's a king, and there is judgment, and there is atonement, and you gotta do what you gotta do. And being that we're imperfect people, and being that we're people that need checks and balances, so Hashem says, you know, first let's focus on that. Now, I love you very much, but if there's no discipline, what happens if you bring up a child with no discipline whatsoever? Comes a spoiled person. And then they become a very negative in many ways. So of course a parent loves the child, but because they love the child, they say, number one, there's gotta be some rules and there's gotta be some discipline and you have to understand that. And that's the din. And that's the very, that's the first simple answer. Why the relationship has to be number one, that there's, there's consequences, there's checks and balances, Hashem is a king. As someone said, they're called the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Right? right? It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, suggesting, you know. You know, I'm suggesting maybe, you know, it'd be nice not to kill anybody. You know, please do me a favor. No, you're not, it's also, you're not allowed to, and finished, right? And if you do, there's, there's, you gotta pay for it, right? So that is number one. Siba Rishona, let's read it from the paper here. Siba Rishona, the first concept, why Din is an important step one, is yirasa onesh, because in order that people should have a basic fear of punishment, retribution. Now, of course, someone who just serves Hashem out of fear of punishment is a pretty low, it's not a high level of service. It's not, but it's basics. It's basic. You start with a child, number one, you gotta do it. That's it, because Hashem said so, because he's the king and he's the master, and I'm not, and that's that. But sometimes we have to know, we have to listen, because he's the king, and that's it. Right? You know, sounds good, by the way. Uh, fear of punishment. Go tell about you. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. It doesn't mean that everything that's true has to be told to every person at every time. But we're sitting around this table, and we could understand it. So we're saying it right here. I'm saying it right here. Okay. Um, I have time for a very quick story over here. Let me throw in a very quick story just because it's a good one. I heard it from Rev Twersky from from Milwaukee, Milwaukee. is what to the right? Uncle, right? Uncle. So he was in town a couple of years ago and he said the following story. Um, uh, it, it could take up the rest of the class, but I'm not I'm gonna make sure it won't. Basically, um, if any of you have been, um, when, when you've been by the Kosa, uh, in the last, I don't know how many years, you probably saw that there is a Chabad to fill and stand there. For anyone who didn't have the opportunity to put on film, they go over to the guy and ask him to put on film. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? It's there, it's been there since 1967. Every day thousands of people put on film over there. Amazing. Anyways, the story goes like this. And this is the story Robert Twersky said. He said, a guy shows up to the coast. He walks in, an Israeli guy, no gamma or anything. And, and so one of the guys in Tulum stands says, you know, in Hebrew, Adonai, would you like to put on Tulum? Starts screaming at him, what? What kind of chutzpah do you have to ask me this? It's my business. I don't want to put on Tulum. Don't bother me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> have a wonderful day. That was it. And a couple of weeks later, the guy shows up again. They ask him again. This guy, he really, he's telling me less. Like, I'm going to call the police and have you guys arrested for harassment. Why are you asking me? It's a free country and I'm not going to I don't want it. Okay, fine. Anyways, they noticed he would come once a while. Once in a while he would come. And they put him on the do not ask to fill him list. <laughs> you know? Don't bother this guy. He, he's a, that does, don't bother him. Okay, so they stop. He would show up. That's the guy. Don't talk to him. One time when he came, there was a fresh guy by the Tefillin stand who didn't know the rules. He just was doing it for the day. <laughs> I mean, whenever I'm in Eretz Yisrael and I'm by the castle, I always stand a half hour there and just join. It's a beautiful thing. 
Anyways, so he doesn't know the rules. This guy shows up. And he walks over to him, Adoni, Yulayatarotzelaniachfilin. And he lets him have it. I told you and I said and I warned you, and this time I'm not. Let, let him, you know, let him blow, blow off all his steam. All right. Then he says, uh, Sir, I recognize you. Recognize me? He said, Yeah, weren't you a commander in the Israeli army? He says, Yeah. He says, Well, I was one of the soldiers that worked under you. You were my commander. Wow. And we were by one of the wars. And in, during the war, it was a very intense fighting, and we were at the bottom of a hill, and they were shooting from the top of the hill, and you said, take the hill. And I was there with one of my friends, and the guy turned to me and said, this guy's crazy. We're all going to be killed. They're on the top of the hill with big guns. They're shooting. We're going to take the hill. They're going to kill us all. And I told him, you might be right, but this is not our place for decisions. He's the commander, he says, and that's what we do. And we took the hill, and many of us died. But I didn't, and we took the hill. He says, that was then. Now we're here by the Kosa. The commander is Hashem. He told us to put on tefillin. It's not our place to ask questions. Would you like to put on tefillin? <laughs> the guy rolled up his sleeve. He said, okay, you got me. <laughs> In other words, sometimes we have to remember, Hashem is the commander. And it, it makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm in the mood. I'm not in the mood. He's the commander. That's number. That's Din. That's Din. He's the boss. He's the king. He's the commander. He said. That's it. That's the first reason why we start off with Din. Of course, we're headed to Sukkot. We're headed to Simchas Torah. We're headed to the point of feeling the loving relationship. But in order to get to a loving relationship, there has to be basic discipline. There has to be a basic discipline and recognition that Hashem is the Melech HaOlam, and that's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. That's reason number one. Let's move on to reason number two. Reason number two is a very interesting one. We all have good, wonderful parts to who we are because we have a neshama, we have a soul, it's a part of Hashem. And it's holy and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But we also have the other side. And the other side is that part of us that's not so holy and not so selfless and not so spiritual and not so good and it's egocentrical and all of us have that. That's the way we're created. We're created with a godly soul and an animal soul. The Hebrew word or the Hasidic word, the Kabbalistic word for the animal soul is it's called a klipa. What does a klipa mean? Shell. shell. It's a shell. Why is it a shell? Because it covers over the goodness. It covers over the holiness. It covers over that good, holy, beautiful part of within ourselves. Why do we need din? Why do we need severity? Why do we need givura? Because we have to break down the external shell in order to reveal the internal beauty. And that's within ourselves and that's really within everything in this world. Everything in this world at its core is holy, is good, is part of Hashem. It comes from Hashem. There's no other source. But Hashem created shells within ourselves and within the world and around us. There's so many shells covering over the holiness and the purity in ourselves and in the things around us. The concept of din, of givura, of severity, of punishment, of all of this, internal severity, internal um, being tough with ourselves. Why do we have to be tough on ourselves or with ourselves? Because we have to break something down in order to find the goodness that's always gonna be deeper inside. So of course we're looking for the open, holy goodness, but we have to break something down. And that's why judgment and din and givura is so significant because it empowers us 
to find our internal goodness, to find that wonderful kindness and holiness that we have within ourselves. And that's what it says over here. Lishbar, Siba Shnir, the second reason. Lishbar Klipa Hagasa, to break down the external crass shell. To find the or, the light, that's gonos, that's hidden within. That's interesting. And the next line I bring, there's a statement from the head of the Mesifta in Gan Eden. Now, there's all different types of Mesiftas, but there's, there's Mesifta in Gan Eden, and the Gemara is called Mesifta Durakia. The Zohar says a statement of the head of the Mesifta of the Gan Eden. He says an interesting statement. He says, if you got a piece of wood, and you're trying to build a fire, and the piece of wood, the fire is not catching onto the wood. What do you got to do to the wood? Chop. Building a campfire. What do you got to do it? Chop. You got to chop it up. You got to splinter it. The words of the Zohar, wood that the fire is not catching on, you got to splinter it. Says the Zohar, same things with ourselves. Sometimes our body is like that log of wood that the fire of our neshama is not expressing itself. We have a neshama. We have a part within us that's extremely holy. In fact, we all have the same neshama that Moshe Rabbeinu had. We have a tremendous holy neshama within us. But sometimes we're a little dense, as far like that wood that's not allowing the fire to catch on. And that's why we have to splinter ourselves a little bit. Not chas with an X. Splintering ourselves mean be tough on ourselves sometimes. When a person has, as it says on Tehillim, a lev nishbar v'nitkel. A person is brokenhearted, a person does tshuva. What's really happening? A person is humbling themselves or humbling their ego in order to reveal the deeper holiness that there is within each and every person. It's like cracking it open. It's like cracking it open. So Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is cracking it open in order to be able to elicit and reveal that goodness and holiness and wonderfulness that feels great with Hashem. And that's why the din comes first. Because we got to crack open the shell in order to find the fruit. In fact, it's interesting, another verse in Shir HaShirim, it's on that same line, Shir HaShirim chapter 6, Hashem calls this world Ginas HaEgos. El Ginas HaEgos Yeraditi. I went down to the Ginas What's a Ginas HaEgos? Oh, I'm sorry? So, so, so a, a, Gina, a Gina is a garden. Egos are nuts. It could be almonds and nuts. So Hashem calls this world a nut garden. Why nuts? He says, we're all a bunch of nuts. Why are we a bunch of nuts? Because what's, because what's a nut? A nut is a wonderful fruit in a shell. And that's what we are. We're all wonderful fruits. Wonderful, holy, beautiful, selfless beings with a tough shell. And that tough shell has to be cracked. So when we start off with din, and we start off with tshuva, and we start off with being tough with ourselves, what essentially we're doing is we're, we're breaking down the exterior in order to reveal the goodness that's within. And one more quote, the, the Medrash says the same thing, why are we compared to olives? There's psukim that compare us to olives, an olive garden, why? They say because just like an olive, there's good oil inside, and oil you make heat and everything, but you gotta crush the olive in order to get there. So sometimes you have to have that external crushing in order to get to and reveal the internal goodness. And all of this is the explanation of why we start with din in order to get to chesed. We start with severity. You gotta have a nutcracker there. You gotta start with that. And that's Rosh Hashanah, that's Yom Kippur. In order to be able to celebrate with Hashem properly in the sukkah, we have to break down the things that are, that are holding it back. And that, that brings us one second. That's the number two. What I'll do is, I said next week we'll continue our Rosh Hashanah, and we ran out of time here for Mayrif, so we'll do the third point next week, and then we'll continue on the other Rosh Hashanah principle. Okay.